0: We've got a code! Use code VolleyPod for 20% off almost anything on the Art of Coaching Volleyball website, including premium memberships, coaching resources, and nearly all books. That's VolleyPod, V O L L E Y P O D. Use it to save anytime you're on the site. Are you ready to take your volleyball game to the next level? Every week on The Volley Pod, we talk to two top coaches who share their secrets for success on the court. From drills, to build skills, to strategies for boosting confidence, you won't want to miss this valuable advice. Tune in now and elevate your game today.
1: Good evening and welcome to a
0: special edition of The Volley Pod. How are you today, Todd? Davis, I'm doing well. Thanks for... uh this together we have another guest and i'm excited Uh,
1: me too this is a good friend of ours in my opinion one of the top coaches in the country he's mostly with the younger kids as a club coach but he also coaches high school he's won numerous medals at jo's and he's just fantastic really thinks about the game in an interesting way we're really glad to have with us lewis kwatak today so thanks for being here lewis hello hello hi todd lewis
0: good to hear your voice
1: Absolutely. So, Lewis is going to be uh, kind of combining the skill and scenario session today to talk a little bit about mental toughness, um, but I did want to let our listeners know he is going to be doing an AOC clinic coming up, um, a couple actually. So, what are, the, what are the topics of what you're doing out there, Lewis? Uh,
2: I am doing uh, passing, and it is correcting passing errors at the high school level. And that'll be the okay. first topic. And the second topic will be drills that will help you perform under pressure. So actually, this will be about performing under pressure. <laughs>
1: performing under pressure. Got yeah. it. Okay. I love it. I love it. Okay. Awesome. So yeah, feel, be free to either check them out at the clinic or as it's, you know, um, played on the website uh, on AOC. So, all right, well, let's get it going. What do you
2: got for us, Lewis? What's well, our skill? Uh, the skill is about uh, playing under pressure. And gotcha. obviously this affects not just in this sport in every sport where you know athletes find themselves playing under pressure and how they perform um so some of the effects of pressure that we see in athletes typically like we see paralysis overthinking anxiety stress you know poor judgment uh decision making i mean it it Obviously we can go on and on as to what uh, pressure does to a lot of athletes, but those are effects that we see happen to them. Right. And I've seen a couple of those, Lewis. <laughs> we all have. Maybe wants-
0: <laughs> I need your help. <laughs> I <laughs> I a great topic. <laughs>
1: this is a great topic because I think yeah. we've all felt this and that's the whole that's the whole thing about getting you on. So I appreciate it. Yeah. So what do we do? So, what, yeah, well, where do we be, go from here?
2: Before we decide what we do, we need to identify when the pressure moments happen in volleyball, right? Got it. So, for example, you know, two out of three match, game three, 14, 15, you know, your players back to serve or serve or or an out of system attacking where if they miss, it's a match. So Great. there's pressure there. Um, Pressure on passers where they miss two or three passes in a row. Then the fourth one comes up. And yep. then you could also have pressure in environment where coaches are on the athletes or fans, heckling, or even a big crowd watching, right? There's a lot of pressure there for athletes. Uh, this is a good one. A recruiting coach that a kid is interested in suddenly walked up and sat down and watched a play. Oh, Ooh, the,
0: the the dreaded polo shirt. That's right. <laughs> right.
2: Um, playing a rival club, your yeah. frenemies on the other side of the net. Right. Mm-hmm. Losing means you'll never hear the end of it in the social in the social media world. So, and those are just a few things that, and, and certainly there's a lot of people out there, but those are just a few things that kids experience at least in volleyball and in sport of volleyball. So okay um so the the next thing i have here is is uh meant does being mentally tough help in pressure situations right
1: Mm. so we talked about this a little bit prepod is a great question
2: yeah Mm -hmm. so this, this is an interesting one because at least one of the psychologists that i'm kind of reading up on talked about how the tough guy, battle-ready approach doesn't necessarily always work. He didn't say that that it doesn't help. It certainly does, but it doesn't always work. And I think the best example that I could think of, at least in terms of just what the athletes go through in volleyball, is like, like a coach suddenly showing up to watch you play. I'm not sure how mental toughness competing handles situation, you know, situations like that. Okay. So, and he his his reasoning also kind of talks about how the mental toughness approach typically is very rigid in the, in their line of thinking. And he talked about how it's uh, a very less, you know, not much self-compassion towards yourself Mm, that's abuse, a good point. Uh, and because uh, there's, there's a very perfectionist trait to being mentally tough, right? Um, so right. a lot of the goals that they set out to are being attacked as threats rather than embraced as challenges. So, and again, when you're playing under pressure, the typical thing that athletes experience is anxiety. And where does anxiety come from? fear, fear yeah. right yes absolutely because fear of oh if i miss this i'm going to we're going to lose or oh I'm, i don't want to embarrass myself there's oh, that fear
1: yes uh, good point.
2: yeah I, I actually had an athlete that i talked to about this and she has a lot of anxiety when she's competing and mm-hmm. she wasn't sure where it was coming from and i just started stating out examples about how fear is a big part of why she's feeling all this anxiety so um so being mentally tough i think to some degree does help in that fearful state but at the same time there's a lot of circumstance unforeseen circumstance that happens that creates pressure
1: good point for sure
2: so the idea that he talked about is mental flexibility mm. And this was something that's really new to me. I've never heard of it, but it, it to some degree, it might make sense. Uh, the best example I can think of that, that he presented was, you know, have you ever tried writing, if you're right-handed, have you tried writing with your left hand? And obviously, a lot of people say no. Then, you, But how many people actually tried? And if you do try, how do you like the product?
1: Right. <laughs> they don't like it. Yeah.
2: All right. But if you stay with it long enough yeah. and kept trying and kept trying, eventually you get to the point where, wow, this looks really good. Yeah. And you're ecstatic. You're happy. So, so there's, there's, there's a lot of levels of mental flexibility that's required to stay with something that you're not very good at. That's a great point. Right? It's a really good so point. So the persistence. So you talked about persisting in, in or changing a behavior in the pursuit of whatever your goal is. So, um, so that, that's kind of, at least in a nutshell, that he talked about what it means to be mentally, mentally fi- flexible.
1: I like that. Um, that's an in- interesting distinguish. Uh, it's an interesting distinction between the two. Yeah. Cool way, to, cool way to reframe it because yes.
0: I, I think there's What's a that? thing about that toughness that, um, if kids are already, uh, stressed telling them to be tougher you know, seems kind of can be a little bit, uh, sort of bad. You know, that can be a tough sell, right? Yeah. 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 I think that's yeah. a good point.
1: And just the word tough, it doesn't, it's, there's it rigidness to it, right? We know, we both know that it applies in a bunch of different situations, but when they try to be tough, it may not be exactly what we're trying to be. We're trying to be sort of, I don't know. What do you think, Lewis? What are we trying to be if we're not trying to be
2: tough? We are trying to be, and again mental flexibility is about you he also i forgot this one important point you talked about you talk about the importance of just being in the moment Hmm. okay and it, it actually allows you to be connected more to the moment of where you're at and that's the next part i want to talk about is we hear coaches and even athletes talk about being in the moment and kids hear it probably a bunch of times but How do we really teach kids to be in the moment, right?
1: It's good. Yeah, I don't know if we ever do teach that, really. I
2: don't know either. Yeah. So so the simplest example that I know of is, like, for example, what are your five senses?
1: Hearing, scent, touch, smell, taste.
2: Yep. So pick one of those senses and say, for example, look at the wall and look at the chip on the paint, that the chip, the paint, you know, on the wall. Mm pay attention to that or close your eyes and just listen for a few seconds hear the noise so just as simple as that allows you to just come back in the moment immediately and what's interesting about them understanding what it means to be in the moment is your fear dissipates and fear happens because kids are thinking about what could happen in the future Mm, if i don't do this I'm going to embarrass myself. That's a good point. If I don't do this, we're going to lose, right? So it takes away from fear because you're thinking around yourself in the moment, right? So, and obviously breathing is a big part of it. Um, yeah. So, so that, that's part of the mental flexibility that's required. And that's not about toughness. That's about you just connecting with yourself.
1: That's a great point. And that's a really interesting frame in it. And, and that's a, uh, I, I don't know what the word is, but a premier teaching in mental health is being present, right? Like, if you're yeah. thinking about the past, you're potentially depressed. If you're thinking about the future, you're potentially, um, you know, anxious, right? So bringing them present, I think that's a great practice. I love that.
0: Now, Lewis, do yes. you take your team through exercises as far as this goes
2: for both uh, the breathing and the kind of grounded yeah. in the senses? Yeah. So what I do is I typically on every timeout, especially when I sense that the kids are starting to get stressed, I would call a timeout and I force my kids to sit down. Like I, you know how you in club you see kids just standing. If I have a bench, I'm going to take advantage of that. So what I force them to do is I make them sit. And the very first thing I say, breathe. That's the first thing I say, breathe. Okay, this is what we're doing. And, and just by the you telling them to sit down and just breathe. Right. You're, you're allowing them to kind of just relax and just come back to the moment and you make them mm-hmm. listen to you and just say, just listen to my voice. Right? So that just, a simple act of that relieves a lot of the pressure off of them. Good point. Right. right. And I see a lot of college coaches do this and there's a reason why they're doing it. Right? It right. kind of comes down to parasympathetic you know, system in their body and all that stuff. Um, But this is something that that I I do talk to the kids about. It's important that they understand what they're going through physically and emotionally. Oh, by the way, I did hear this really neat quote uh, by, I think it was Tony Robbins. It just popped up in my Instagram. Okay. He talked about how um, your quality of your life is the quality of your emotions.
1: It's mm, a great point.
2: So what's interesting about that quote is if your emotion is constantly being stressed and thinking about negative things, what if this, what if that, then it's pretty much just how your life's going to be. But if your emotion is always positive and optimistic, your quality of life is going to be pretty positive. So the quality of your performance is the quality of your emotions which i think makes sense as well right Mm -hmm. because your emotions are dictated by your thoughts right and if your thoughts are always about what if what if i can't do this what if i fail what if i embarrass myself versus i'm gonna do this this is great, I'm embracing this, I love this.
1: This is fun.
2: It's gonna affect your performance to some degree. And if your thoughts and emotions are in the positive direction, you're gonna keep yourself from being in a threatened state and more in a challenged state. And, And really that's the goal, right? Yes. For them to perform in a pressure situation can we reset their brain to make sure that it has the right thoughts and emotions going back in from a timeout, for example. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. It's a great point. I really like that. I really like the idea of having them become present and you don't have to be tough if you don't have those negative thoughts. Right. And by becoming present, you can do away with a lot of those, and I really like that. It's really circular and and powerful. I think that's awesome. All
2: right, I got a bunch of uh, mental tricks for performing under pressure, so we're just going to go through this pretty quick. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, there was a study by uh, from the Harvard Business School researcher Allison Wood. He found he what he did or what she did was reframing from. You know, repri- reappraise anxiety as excitement. Excitement. That that was that was her study. Okay. And reframing, I love this versus stay calm. Really affects their you know people's performance, and this is in business and athletes and all that stuff. So that, that's the first thing that I, I really love is kids able to reframe in their brain and in the way they self talk. To I love this. There's yes. a thousand people watching me. I love this. Versus, oh my gosh, there's a thousand people watching me.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, no,
2: and then bullet number two is draw energy from past successes. And mm. using your past successes as a gateway to your potential future success can prevent you from feeling overwhelmed by stressful and anxiety-causing situations. Trust in your body of work. And it may be a situation where they've never been before, but they have to trust the work that they put in. I like that. All right. And sure. we talked about breathing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about getting in the present moment. Yeah. The next one is mentally rehearsed being in pressured situations. Plan how you will think at that moment and imagine perfect execution of your skills. And I think that's a big one because that's something that Kobe Bryant does a lot. Mm, And Kobe Bryant would pretend like it's two seconds left and he's every jump shot. That's what he's imagining. And he's just rehearsing that over and over and over again. And, And once your brain and your body is familiar with that situation, that pressure is a lot less and you'll be able to execute with more efficiency. Uh, and we talked about staying in the moment, embracing the moment, right? Right. Uh, and then the next one is what they call the code of armor. Um, it, it's not really C O D E, right? But it's just what they named these four things. It's confidence, optimism, tenacity, and enthusiasm. Uh, cool. Right. So I kind of want to touch on enthusiasm a little bit, Uh, confidence, optimism, obviously optimism, having people, they they do a lot of studies where people with hope generally are more positive with the things that they do. Right. Uh, We understand tenacity, you know, being able to stay, persevere and stay with a a difficult task. Uh, Enthusiasm is an interesting one for me because that's a, that that is positive energy to me. Yes. And when you're under pressure situation and you have positive energy, you are more likely to be able to get through that and accomplish what you need to accomplish. And and that is something that I think is going to be important for kids to remember. Um, Now, why do some athletes crumble? And why do some athletes excel in these pressure situations, right? Yes. So I think some athletes view pressure as a privilege, maybe.
1: Mmm, interesting.
2: They they thrive under pressure because they see it as a privilege, it's an opportunity. It's like, hey, I get this one chance that nobody else gets. Yes. Right?
1: That's a great point. Yes. I used to I used to always hope. To play in the big games because I'd played in so many like little backyard games where no one was doing anything. I wanted mm. people to watch me and see how good I was. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and so, but I think that's the way they like Kobe, he wanted that shot at the critical moment. He wanted this, the, yeah. you know? So I love that point. That's a good one.
2: Yeah. There are athletes that just want it. Yeah. And they see it as an opportunity and just it's a privilege to have this opportunity. So I love it. I think that, that's a good way of kind of looking at things, you know? for sure so anyway so those are the bullet points that i have
1: no i love it
2: tricks for uh, performing under pressure
1: so good there's there's so many good ones in there and again it's kind of complex but it's kind of simple too right it's like if you have it everything seems easy but i think you know teaching these and cultivating these sort of pretty deeply held beliefs can take time to develop for sure um, but that's why it's so important to address it because if you're not addressing it, then you're just leaving it to chance. And these things are so uh, vital to succeeding at the highest level. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Lewis,
0: yeah. Lewis, I know you're a yeah. journal guy too. And is journal work that you're doing with your players. Does it involve some of these skills?
2: Yes. And with, especially when things are going well and they're playing well, those are critical to write as well. I, I, I stress writing when you're struggling, but I also stress the importance of writing when you're doing well. Because those are the moments where you want to repeat. How are you feeling? What was your self-talk sound like? Yes. What was your emotions? What did it feel like? Right. If they get able to, they are able to write and crystallize that on paper and they do it again, same thing when they're struggling and they constantly write, you're going to see a pattern develop with them now and do you do that do you do that do the kids do that writing in practice or do they do it uh at home they do it after tournaments Th- those are the days where i really want them to do it and and they are welcome to write after every practice okay but they're not but, it's not part of practice no okay no
1: i really like that lewis and one of the ideas uh, we're kind of touching a little bit on mental health right because this is talking about emotions right sort of Like deeply held habits and beliefs. One of the ideas that they work with in mental health is this idea of replacement. So instead of resisting the idea, right, saying, don't look at that coach or, you know, don't think about the score, you replace that idea with something, right? And a lot of times it could be something that's in the present moment or just the joy, like you were mentioning, of playing, right, or being in the situation that you're in. So, like, replacing those ideas as opposed to avoiding them or trying to battle against them being super tough, if you will, I think is a powerful idea that we can take from today. It's really cool.
2: Here's the question for both of you. If you know an athlete is really afraid at these moments, what do you tell them? Right? That's a great question. Or, or you, you know that, hey, they're, they're playing right now and you can see them. You have, they have fear. Mm-hmm. What do you tell them?
1: That's a great question Time. to
0: fight it. Well,
2: I, I not think be uh, for me,
0: yeah. some of that metacognition is, Hey, the, the best players in the world have that same feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, that's the first thing. So they're not feeling like this is something that is just, you know, about them that, you know, they're a choker and nobody else is it's like, Hey, these are normal feelings the best players in the world are able to have a toolbox to deal with these feelings and these emotions and these thoughts. And let's work on a couple. Uh, There are different ones that work for different players. And so I guess the biggest thing is we don't want them getting in their own head thinking, oh, I have this feeling, you know, when I go back to serve I'm going to miss a choker well no everybody has that feeling it's just <laughs> what do you do with that
1: i think that's a really good point i mean for me i would say and i dunning i'm gonna steal this answer from john dunning i heard him say this along the actual moment. i really that stuff all i care about is i believe you're a good player and i think you can do it you know um we'll, we'll deal with the results something like that Right. Basically, just saying, look, we're not concerned with the future. We just want to be in the in the present. So that's that's kind of the way I take it. Let's enjoy this, and we'll we'll figure out the rest later. You know what I mean? Right. Um It's tough to say that sometimes. Let's enjoy this, but you know.
2: It, <laughs> when they're scared.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. But that's the sentiment that I try to pass on. It's like this is a joyful thing. We're playing volleyball. We love it. You know what I mean? So, right. but it's so, not always viewed that way. But I think that that's what we're going for. What that's
2: would you think about? The thing about fear to me is that, like Todd says, we all go every, it's not unique to one player, right? right. So, but the advice I think would, would be feel it.
1: Ooh, interesting. It, yeah, with that. Yeah. Go with it. Yeah.
2: Embrace it. But you have fear and an opportunity.
1: Ooh, good point. Rather
2: than suppressing or trying to convince them otherwise, yeah, it's going to be a losing battle because we, you know, just say that's good. You feel you feel afraid. This is great, and you want to feel more of this because you're one of the few ones that will experience it ahead of everybody else. You're one of the few ones that have this opportunity.
1: Interesting. I like that take on it. It's a really great take for sure.
2: So I love anyway. It. We got a bunch of drills that we want to talk about, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, what do we got?
2: Well, uh, Todd, you and I I mean not Todd, Davis, you and I yes. talked yesterday about how at least with rally scoring, it is so much easier to score in volleyball now. Yep. And Miss Serve. Hey, you don't have to do anything, you get a point. Yep. Right? So it's not like the old days where side out scoring where points are hard to come by um and a match could take three four hours so and you look at soccer goals are hard to come by and when you do score it's like it's a huge celebration it's a big deal
1: right
2: yeah so um obviously there's a lot of drills out there and the the ones that, that that's most common especially for serving to put pressure on servers in practices that i've seen is one player serve. And if you miss the zone that I call or you miss your serve, everybody's doing suicide, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. We've seen that happen a lot.
1: Classic, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I think a more a more realistic serving pressure drill to me would be like you play mini games. Once you hit game points, say you're up 24, 23. You pull out your radar gun and say, okay, you hit this area at this speed. Now you're putting pressure on that server to hit that zone at at least 38, for example. Right. If you, if you don't hit, if you hit that zone, but it's below the speed I asked for, you're still at 24. And then the other team gets to catch up if you lose the rally. Right. I like it. I like it. Yep. Right. That's awesome. So that, that's a serving for example, example. Uh, how do you put pressure on your setters? So I did this the other last this past Thursday with my 16s, and it just so happens Zoe, our 18-1 setter, showed up and wanted to join, right? Okay. So we did six on six, and I said, okay, we're gonna play a game. But setters, if I even see a little spin on the ball, it's gonna be a double. Yeah. And Zoe's reaction was priceless. She goes, What? Of course my 16s are panicking right <laughs> yeah but this is an 18-1 setter it's like what right. <laughs> but you're putting a lot of pressure on setters to be to have no spin on the ball every time they set i like that because you never know when you suddenly get a ref that it's just stingy as heck yep and at least they'll be prepared for it right
1: yep that's a good point right? for sure I like so that.
2: that's an example of putting pressure on setters. Um, some of the other things that I'm sure a lot of coaches are already doing um, like everybody plays USA drill, right? Yes okay. And we all know how easy it is to score USA when you're on the offense. What,
0: hey, why don't we make sure that we kind of review what that is? Just so okay. people don't know what we're talking about.
2: Oh sure. So USA is you, you interject a ball to to the other to the, others, to the winning side. And every time, they, every time they win the rally, they get a letter. U, then S, then A. Right. So, um, and, and there's a lot of variations to that, but that, that's the most basic, basic uh, expl- explanation of that game. But if you play a reverse USA, meaning instead of being scoring a letter on, in, on offense, you bounce the ball to the winning side, and they have to free ball it over, and they have to win it on defense. Okay. If you have both sides that are really proficient on in scoring, USA is going to be really hard to come by, because you have to win three in a row on defense. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have to stop the other side that has good attackers three times in a row, and because it's difficult to score, you're putting pressure on your defense to dig. You're putting pressure on your blockers. To make sure that you give your defense a chance to transition and score, oh, so that, that that's a pressure game. I, think. I
1: I love that game. By the way, yeah. I did it
2: today. Over it worked great. Yeah, um, another game that I do that it took me maybe close to an hour to complete <laughs> to score one point. <laughs> <laughs> really hard, but you're you're putting pressure on your serve receivers. So I call it the perfect three, and okay. and I, I typically have three teams, you know, five versus five versus five with permanent or four versus four versus four with permanent setters type thing, and so you have one side where you can only where they only do service seed, and if at any time they lose a rally, they're off. The team that's that played against them goes to the other side, right? and then you kind of rotate that way but you have to pass three in a row perfectly to target and then not only do you have to pass perfectly but you have to win the rally that's a tough and it's really hard and and this is one of the things that we don't stat a whole lot is how often do you do you pass perfectly three in a row in a game let alone a match
1: That's a great, that's a great point. Right.
2: Yeah. And being able to pass three in a row, two or three times in a game is unbelievably hard to beat. Yep. Because you're passing over 2.0 at that point, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So, so that's, that's, you're putting a ton of pressure on your service team, but not only that, you're putting a ton of pressure on your setters to make sure they put up a really good ball to score on.
1: And they just got to terminate, too. You know? they so got to terminate. Think, yeah, it's for pressure. I to actually all did all a
2: vari- I've been doing it for a couple weeks, and now I did a variation where if you do two first ball kill, it's an automatic big point. You don't have to worry about the third con- third passing. So now you're putting more pressure on the attackers to score in the first swing. Uh, I like that. Nice right? wrinkle. Right. Yeah. I love so, that. So, again, you're putting pressure on these on the passers. So we talked about putting pressure on the setters, pressure on the servers, right? So pressure on the defense. So now you're putting pressure on the serve receivers. So so these are the things that I think, you know, we need to do more of is can this, can the drills that we come up with be difficult for them to attain? And what's interesting about doing this drill that lasts for almost an hour, and I'm typically against drills that are longer than 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. But because you're doing three in a row, it's almost like we're resetting. Every time that team's off, a new team comes on. We're resetting. All right, we gotta get three in a row. All right, we gotta get three in a row. And the focus is really pretty intense because they know what they need to do. They just gotta pass well. All right, we got we got finally got a pass. Let's score.
1: I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a great drill. What do you call that one?
2: I call it perfect three.
1: Perfect and, three, you know, like
2: if that. your your team's not that great, you can go perfect three on two or better.
1: Two okay, passes yes.
2: Or better, right? You can
1: change the standard a little bit. But the idea is make it hard, right? And and, yeah. and that's okay. That's what you want. You want to make it hard to score. Right?
2: You're making it hard, but you're also putting pressure to be good at controlling the ball.
1: Yes, absolutely. Right?
2: And, and that that's the thing that, you know, if we want to talk about these kids – getting ready to deal with pressure, we got to make sure we do as much as we can in the gym. And again, we're not going to be able to simulate everything like, hey, we can't invite a college go to come sit on our practice gym and, you know, right. that kind of pressure. Yeah. Or having a crowd, you know, heckling and all that stuff. But at least on the serving part of it, on the skills part of the game, can we at least put pressure on those skills?
1: I love it. That's awesome. All right. So before we go on to... Do you have another driller? Before we go on to the uh, resource, I got to ask you one question. So Please. I was just thinking this. For the youngest kids, so you're 12, 13, 14. How does this relate? Uh,
2: they experience even bigger chatter in their brain than anybody else. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so um, with, with the young kids, it, it's going to be a little... A lot more challenging because they're not as mature in terms of being able to handle or manage their emotions. Right. But it doesn't mean you don't talk to them about it. Right. It's good, good to talk talk to them about well, how did you feel at that moment? Right. Oh, I was scared. Okay, so how can we deal with that better next time? That's good. Right. And do we spend enough time with young kids to help them mature a little bit faster? At least with their self-talk, with the way they manage their emotions a little bit better. Or do we just let them go and say, "Oh, they're just kids, they'll get it someday?"
1: Yep. I like that.
2: Yeah, right.
1: Start working on it.
2: Start yeah, I would working. say definitely start making them aware of how their brain works, how their thought patterns affect their energy level, their emotions. And the more we get them to mature a little bit earlier, at least in that front, the better, I think. That's
1: a good point. Dude, I love it. I love it. Do you have
2: a resource for us? Yes, I do.
1: Okay, awesome. What do you got?
2: I love you. Uh, his name is Hendry Weisinger. Okay. I don't know if I pronounced pronounce it correctly, but H-E-N-D-R-I-E, and Weisinger spelled W-E as an elephant, I-S as in Sam, I-N-G-E-R. And his book is on performing under pressure, the science of doing your best when it matters most. Oh, I
1: like it. I like it. What's the what's the Good short stuff. version? Yeah. What's that? What's the what's the synopsis? I mean, I can kind of tell from the title, but do you have any well
2: questions? he did a ton of studies with Olympic athletes? Um, in fact, the chapters start off with him. <laughs> You're not gonna believe this. <laughs> he talked about how. He has not met a single athlete that performs well under pressure. Uh. He, he talks about how, yeah, there's some people think that they perform better under pressure. But he, he gave a really a, lot, a bunch of concrete examples. The one that stuck out was uh, Michael Jordan. Okay. We all know he's the best player in the world in his time, right? Yeah. And we, we all see him as hey, he's the clutch player. He performs the best out of everybody in terms of, you know, pressure. But then they looked at his stats, and he was under 20%. <laughs> interesting.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
2: So even though some people feel they perform better under pressure, yeah, they may get through it. They may be achieve success here and there. But it wouldn't be as good as if they weren't under pressure. Right. That was okay. his conclusion.
1: Okay. I love that. That's a super interesting take.
2: Yeah. But right. and again, he he offers a bunch of solutions or, or things that will help you perform better when you're under pressure. But I part of the key I think is when you rehearse enough, or again, experience when you've gone through enough of those moments where you're serving for match point and you do it over and over again, then that pressure kind of goes away, and then you're back to your normal state where. You're serving normally because right. we see so many kids at game point. They serve. They just lollipop it over because they don't want to miss. Right. They don't want to be the reason why we lose because of that last serve. Right. Right. Good point. For sure. So
1: awesome. Good stuff, Lewis. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. My pleasure. Lewis, Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome stuff. Thank you.
1: Thank yep. you. Uh, as usual, feel free to please check us out on Twitter at The volleypod and on Instagram at AOC.TheVolleyPod. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a good one.